Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. You start the day with a few moments to pray, a few seconds for thank you before the chaos hits, before the minutes get spent on playing all the roles you play this great God gave you one of the most important jobs to help mold and shape your little birds to build a nest until they learn to fly on their own on any given day. Your mom, wife, doctor, nurse, counselor, CEO, let mommy see where it hurts, coach and referee, disciplinarian, chef, event coordinator, accountant and creative teacher and attendee of tea parties many days. You are a super shiro with no cape just flats or jeans or sneakers or yoga pants ready to answer the mom's signal at any time. You are also a woman, a feeling, breathing, thinking, dreaming woman. Motherhood may have brought you a few extra curves, but it also taught you the power of words, of knowing your limitations, of finding strength and resting in weakness, that you are more than your morning routine or all of the thoughts that invade your mind before you try to sleep. You were made for adventure. Not the kind where we put on a brave face just to save face in the face of insecurity and laundry and worries. God wants you to find the courage to be yourself, to remember the calling and the dreams, to remember the seeds he planted in your heart, to remember it only takes one step to start, to remember out of all your roles, hats, jobs, titles, you are first the daughter of an everlasting father who holds your hand at the precipice of all of life's steep hills and dangerous cliffs, who when the wind is whipping at your ears, when your mind is filled with can'ts and won'ts and should I's, reminds you that he's with you, that he is the one who makes you brave. He is the one who helps you face the day, gives you strength, gives you permission to be weak, gives you the boldness to speak, a quiet place to breathe, ears to hear the heart, eyes to see the dreams. We all long to be rescued, but we are not Lois Lane searching for Superman or Gotham, on the lookout for Bruce Wayne. The hero we live for has no flaws, no weakness, no kryptonite. He is love, mercy, and sacrifice, conqueror of death, creator of life, the hero of all heroes, the inventor of time. He is with you. You are not alone. Motherhood is an adventure. May you always have courage, boldness, and grace for the journey. I hope you enjoyed that video clip. Hopefully it was encouraging to you. And we just want to say welcome to our eighth United Worship Service. Look, we want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, all the aunts, all the grandmothers, all the big sisters, everyone who has encouraged and nurtured us through our lives. We want to say we love you and we appreciate you so much. And we also want to acknowledge that today may be a tough day for some of you. For some of you, you're celebrating Mother's Day for the first time without your mother with you, or maybe it's the 10th time. And for others of you, maybe your moms and you're celebrating Mother's Day without your child with you for the first time. We just want you to know that we're grieving with you and that we love you and that we still appreciate you and, and, uh, and really are grateful for the contribution that you've made in all of our lives. So wherever you are, whoever you are, to the women in our lives, we want to say happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much. Now, we're getting ready to dive into worship here, and we just want to say we're excited about it. Uh, all three of us are preaching today, Pastor Ray, Charlie, and myself. So I hope that you'll join us in worshiping God in spirit and truth through music, and I hope that you'll be challenged and encouraged by the preached word today. 
Let's worship together. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for today. God, we thank you for all the women in our lives. God, who means so much to us. God, they're so loving, so selfless, so sacrificial in their love towards us. And God, we thank you that today, uh, Lord, is just one day that we can set aside to acknowledge all that they've done. And so, God, thank you for the women in our lives and for the wonderful, wonderful gift that you've given to this earth in the form of mothers and aunts and grandmothers and big sisters, Lord. And God, I just pray for our worship today, Lord. Be with us as we preach. Be with the worship team as they lead us in worship. Be with Ricky as he leads the children. God, be, be with all of us, Lord. And I pray that we will indeed worship you in spirit and in truth and that you will inhabit the praises of your people today. God, change our lives. We pray all these things in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Uh, during this time where it's, you know, things are different, where we're staying at home, um, you may have trouble just kind of realizing all the blessings that God uh, gives us each and every day, the, every breath that we take, the sun rising, um, even to Jesus bearing our sins on the cross. So I, I would encourage you during this time of worship that um, as we sing songs, just let's reflect upon all the blessings that God has given us and uh, praise him for that. So let's sing together. What a great opportunity we have to worship the Lord together, and I'm super excited to be able to bring the first of these three messages to us this morning. But before I do that, I'd be remiss if I didn't pause with you and recognize that in this time, there are many who are heavy-hearted, and dare I say every one of us who consider ourselves to be followers of Jesus should bear that cross of heavy-heartedness today. Here over this last week, it became very apparent that right here in our own land, sin still runs rampant. It revealed itself in the form of racism. And I sit with you. No, I stand with you. And I invite you to run with me. It's time for the church to continue to lend its voice to cry for justice, to seek God's favor and God's position, which, by the way, is always leaning towards the most vulnerable in our midst. John chapter 21, starting in the 15th verse, this is what the word of the Lord says. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, well, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him this a third time. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, 
you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. When you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Father God, would you take this word and would you breathe life into it as it speaks to us, Father? And I pray, Lord God, that right now everything that comes forward from my voice would be of you and not of me. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Jesus, as he's uh, commissioning Peter, if you will, as he's, he's, he's teaching Peter, he's, he's speaking with Peter, but he's, he's literally... Uh, he, he's going he's gonna to give him an assignment. And this morning, I hope you can lean into these three messages we're going to give. But here on this first one, I want to identify three things. What you didn't hear in the story before we picked it up is that Peter has kind of come to a place of, 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 of repentance before God. You know, Peter had denied Christ. His heart was broken when he recognized that he had missed it. And Jesus went to the cross and died on their behalf, on our behalf, on your behalf. And Peter is now having this moment where, where Jesus is going to again assign him, send him out. In order for that to happen, the first thing that needed to happen was Peter had to seek to be reconciled with God. I want to invite you, wherever you're at, to take a moment before we go any further and just be able to answer this question. Is your life reconciled with God? You know, one of the ways you might be able to answer the question of whether your life is reconciled with God is to ask, is your life reconciled with others? When we stand in places where, uh, where our life is in shambles, it often reveals something about our spiritual life as well. So this morning, before you go further into these messages, let's take a moment and say, God, I want to be reconciled with you. I want my life to be aligned with you. I want to be on point with what you have for me. I don't know about you, but for me, that practice is pretty often. It's pretty regularly that I recognize, God, I just need to be realigned with you. God, I want, to be, I, want to, I want to be in an upright place before you. One of the ways that we do that is simply by confessing. God, I blew it. God, I blew it. This week, this day, this month, maybe the last five minutes, they haven't looked like they would if you were in charge. We confess the the ugliness of our sin. As we do that, we lean into God, trusting 
the Father receives that, forgives us. And then we see this story unfold. You remember, you remember Peter had denied Jesus just before he was arrested, uh, after he was arrested and just before he was crucified and died. And it took, there were three occasions on which Peter said, I don't know him. I'm not with him. We're not tied together. So it's kind of fitting that you see Jesus three times Ask Peter again, Peter, are we together? The first time he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter cries out, yes, Lord, I love you. And Jesus' response is, well, go feed my lambs. And, and you'll notice in the passage that he describes lambs and sheep. And I just, I'll lend this, this idea to you. I think when, when Jesus says lambs, he's, he's calling Peter, he's on assignment to, to go reach new people. To, to, to find those who are young or not yet of the faith. And he's inviting Peter. Peter, go reach those people. You know, in our church, we talk about having a fire in our belly. He's, 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 uh, he's igniting a fire in Peter's belly to, to, to go, to go, to be ready, to head out for this great assignment. The second time, he says, Peter, do you love me? And yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And this time he says, well, then take care of my sheep. Tend to my sheep. Care for those who belong to me. You know, as a pastor, I think about that pretty often. That's a, it's a high calling to watch over the people of God. And let me just say this on behalf of all the pastors who will be here preaching today. Thank you. Thank you for letting us watch over you. Thank you for inviting us into your life in that way. But also, hear this, please. With that calling from God to, to watch over, to tend to, sometimes that means getting in the mess. Sometimes it means being invited into the depths of the pain of your life. I experienced that in a great way this week. Many of you know that my daughter fell and broke her arm. And I got to spend 24 hours with her at one of the greatest hospitals that I could ever imagine going to. So I just props to you, Chop, for what you do down there in Philly. But what, what was so encouraging to me was how many of you tended to our care. The text messages we got and the phone calls we got and the hundreds of posts that we found on our social media pl platforms. Thank you. Thank you for tending to our care. Thank you for getting in our mess and saying, I'm here with you and I love you and I support you. That was an example of what Peter was called to do by Jesus, to go and to care for God's people. Thank you for caring for us in that way. But the third time that Peter is asked by Jesus, do you love me? He, he pauses. And as he responds to Jesus, he then hears Jesus say, now feed my sheep. And I think this time there's kind of a, a new assignment for Peter. 
And that assignment is a, is a restoration of what Peter was, 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 uh, was charged to do. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the recalling, if you will, giving him back his call to teach and to lead, but most of all, to love. And Jesus had already displayed these things, and, and essentially, Jesus is saying to Peter, would you take up my calling? Would you continue in the vein that I'm here? Can you receive that calling today? Can you receive the calling to, to stand and to teach and to lead? You might say, well, Pastor Ray, that's your calling. Well, it is mine, but it's ours as the church. Who has God put in your life that you can continue to lead in their faith? Who are those who you are mentoring and discipling and pouring into? How is it that you're expressing the love that you have received that somebody else might understand the love that comes from the Father? I want to invite you today. Take up this high calling. I'm going to wind down with this. Jesus responds to Peter one last time. And this time he doesn't say teach. He doesn't say, he doesn't, he doesn't say feed. He doesn't say anything about the sheep. He just says to them, follow me. Before he asked Peter to respond to following him, he points out to Peter that there's going to be a high cost. Friends, the privilege we have to follow Jesus, and it is a privilege. It is an honor. It is a high calling. But it's one we step into after counting the cost. I don't know how you got to the place where you are today, but my prayer for you is that you not take another step until you identify, God, whatever the cost is that it comes with to follow you. I'm all in. I'm all in. And as I said at the beginning, and I come back to here at the end, one of the highest callings we have as a church, as people of God, is to cry out for God's mercy and justice. So whoever's out there today who's hurting, whoever's out there today who's in fear because of the ways in which they've seen people respond to skin color or to socioeconomics or to the places in life where you've been. Please know this. Here, our three churches, this United Worship Service, we're crying out to God with you for grace, for mercy, and for justice. Let's continue to worship the Lord. Hey guys, Pastor Ricky here with this morning's Kid Challenge. I'm excited to get back into it and talk about what it means to go on our mission for Jesus. And so join me in front of your television because it's time to go.
So for today, we're going to continue talking about what it means to go. And last week, Carl and Cassie helped us to understand that God has given us a mission. And like any mission, you don't go without some help. And so today we're going to be learning about what God has given us to help us or as a matter of fact, who. And so let's catch up with our friends, Carl and Cassie, as they help us understand uh, who helps us on this mission. Hi there, you little chicken nuggets. It's me, Carl. <laughs> Welcome to Grow TV. Welcome to Grow TV. With your host, Carl. And your co-host, Cassie. Where we learn, we have fun, talk about Jesus and all that the Bible has to offer. So once again, Welcome to Grow TV. Let's start off today with a good old stretch. So everyone get on your feet. I call this one, I forgot to tie my shoe. Oh, okay. Man, really stretch those hammies. The next move is, I just bumped my elbow. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ooh, that hurt. <laughs> and this one is called the crouching sloth. Make sure to get real low for this one. Oh. Hey, Carl. Ah! Oh no, that sounded terrible, are you okay? Oh yeah, it's fine, I'm fine. See, uh, all right, y'all go ahead and take a seat. <laughs> I'm gonna take a seat too, and try to never move again. <laughs> Ouch. Well, I wanted to come by and see how things are going with your go mission. Actually, pretty good. Oh, that's better. But I'm stuck on one part I read from last week. Really, what part? Well, in the Great Commission, where it says we're supposed to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, what part are you having trouble with? The Holy Spirit. I've heard of it, but I don't really know what it means. Well, Carl, the Holy Spirit is the actual Spirit of God, and God sent it to us a long time ago. Really? When? On the day of Pentecost. Pen what? Pentecost. Rain of floss? Pentecost. Penny loss? Pentecost. Panini? Say it with me. Pen. Pen. Te. Te. Cost. Cost. Pentecost. Pentecost. Anyway, a long time ago, before Jesus went back to be with God, he sent a helper, the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and it was a huge deal. Why was it a huge deal? Well, when the Holy Spirit came, it came in like a rushing wind. It made them speak other languages. It even mentioned tongues of fire. Whoa, that all sounds great. I think we should see what it was like to get the Holy Spirit back then. First, the rushing wind. Man, that was cool. Now for speaking in other languages. Bonjour. Lili. Konnichiwa. Adios. Pickle. Wait. Konnichiwa. Amigo. Tortilla. Bonjourno. Pizza. Wait, I know that one. <laughs> well, did you learn anything? Da. See? We. Finally, we'll see what it was like to have Tongues of fire. Whoa, whoa, no, we don't play with fire. That's dangerous. Oh, okay. I just thought that's what it meant. Like the tongue, tongues of fire. <laughs> no, they didn't set their tongues on fire like that at all. Okay, so can I ask you a question? 
Sure. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Well, do you ever need help, Carl? All the time. Well, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the helper. The Holy Spirit is literally God living inside of us, helping us through every day. Well, where do I get it? I did the whole language thing and the whole wind thing, but I didn't get it in the mail. Well, that's the cool thing. You can't get it anywhere. God gives it to us. God gives us the Holy Spirit. Whoa! That sounds like our big idea. Today our big idea is God gave us the Holy Spirit. Let's all say it on three. Ready? One, two, cinco, uh, three. God gave us the Holy Spirit! Well, alrighty then. Good job, everyone. I'm gonna go to the doctor and make sure my back is okay. <laughs> Good job today, Carl. Oh. Man, I really hope Carl's back is okay. Um, but I was uh, thinking about their conversation, about Carl and Cassie's conversation, about the Holy Spirit. And if you're like me, at one point or another, you maybe struggled, what uh, is the Holy Spirit? Or who is the Holy Spirit? And what does He do? And how do we receive the Holy Spirit? And so do not worry, I'm here to answer those questions. So let's start out with the first one. Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible makes it clear that the Holy Spirit is God. He also is our friend. The Bible makes it clear that uh, when Jesus ascended back into heaven, the disciples were concerned because, listen, they were best friends with Jesus, but Jesus told them, hey, listen, I'm going to send someone else. He's going to be with you. He's going to be your friend, just like I was your friend. And so the Holy Spirit is our friend. And last, he's our helper, right? And this is most important based on what we're talking today. He's our helper. But you might be asking, how does the Holy Spirit help us? What does he do? And so I'm here to clarify that for you too. So the first way the Holy Spirit helps us is he helps us to know Jesus better. And so John, in John chapter 16, verse 12, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth so that when Jesus left, we would have someone to help us know Jesus better and what, how he wants us to live. And the second thing is the Holy Spirit helps us to act like Jesus. Listen, if you've been living uh, in this world or if you've been a Christian, you realize that there is a problem, and that problem is sin. It's the bad things we do, the bad things that we say, the bad things that we think. The Holy Spirit helps us to get rid of those things, to say no to sin in our lives. But not just sin, it also the Holy Spirit also helps us to say yes to the things that are good, the, the way that God wants us to live, and the good things that are going to help us and help others. And so Galatians chapter 5, verse 23, uh, or 22 to 23 says this, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit produces is love, joy, and peace. It is being patient, kind, and good. It is being faithful and gentle and having control of oneself. And so think about all those things, man. Who wouldn't want to be more patient? Who wouldn't want to be more loving? God helps us to do all these things by the Holy Spirit. And so the last thing the Holy Spirit helps us to do is share Jesus with others. I said last week that God's good news that Jesus died for us, that he came back to life to save us and, and bring us relationship with him is so amazing that we don't want to just keep that to ourselves, right? Just like we enjoy good things and, and sometimes we have to share those things uh, because we're so excited. God wants us to help us to share this good news with others and the Holy Spirit helps us to do that, right? I'm, I'm a chicken most days and I don't want to uh, talk to people. I don't want to share really awesome things because I'm afraid what, what would they say? Will they laugh at me? All these things. And the disciples felt that way too. But check out Acts chapter 4 verse 31. Peter and the disciples, they were afraid but then they got filled with the Holy Spirit
Holy Spirit. And this is what the Bible tells us. It says in Acts 4 verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they were bold when they spoke God's word. So the Bible says after they prayed and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, God gave them boldness to be able to speak uh, the good news about Jesus to people around them with boldness, without fear, with courage. And God wants us to, to be able to share that good news with that same kind of boldness and courage. And so the last question I want to answer is how do we receive the Holy Spirit? I know that might sound confusing, but there's two parts to this. I think when we put our trust in Jesus, when we uh, repent or turn from our sin and put our trust in Jesus, that he died, he resurrected, and uh, we invite him to be the Lord, our leader and friend of our lives, the Bible says we receive the Holy Spirit, right? And so if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. That's the good news. But the second part is that God wants us to continually wants us to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like this, right? When I'm thirsty, I drink uh, water, right? But uh, actually, I'm pretty thirsty now. Ah, that's awesome. Um, but when I'm thirsty and I've uh, drunk this water, it becomes empty again, right? Well, God wants us to continually give us a refill, right? In the same way I would grab water when this cup is empty or this bottle is empty, uh, I get a refill, right? To refill my thirst. Well, it's the same thing with God. When we uh, are struggling with bad thoughts or bad things that we do, when we are not feeling as brave to share our faith, when we're struggling to understand what God wants us to do and how he wants us to live, God wants us to refill us or God wants to refill us with the Holy Spirit so that we can continue the mission. And so uh, if you are... Uh, uh, Christian, you can constantly ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. But for those that maybe you haven't made this decision yet, I want to encourage you, put your trust in Jesus, that he died for you, that he rose again for you so that you would be forgiven and enter into a right relationship with him. Repent, turn from your sin and trust in that. And you can do that now. As a matter of fact, uh, just like Pastor Eric said, pause the video. Um, if you haven't done this, uh, make uh, this decision to trust in Jesus and then ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you. And for my Christians, ask God daily to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can continue this mission uh, to spread the good news about Jesus. And so friends, I hope that you understood that and that you are encouraged that you have the Holy Spirit and you have this help so that we can go for Jesus. And so I'm going to pray for us and uh, pray for our sermon for this morning. Uh, Father God, thank you so much, God, that you loved us, that you died for us, that you resurrected for us. But God, you called us to go on a mission. And you didn't just call us to go on a mission without help. You said that you uh, would send your Holy Spirit, and you have. And so God, thank you for the gift and the help of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray for my friends who don't yet know you or haven't chosen to follow you yet. God, I pray that today would be the day that they surrender their lives to you, that they would trust in you and receive the Holy Spirit, God. And for all my friends that are Christians already, God, I pray that you would encourage them to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would fill them, God, with the Holy Spirit so that they could continue this mission. And so, God, we thank you, and we thank you for uh, this morning's sermon uh, that Pastor Ray is gonna deliver. We ask that it would uh, encourage us to continue to go for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, thank you so much. I will see you next week. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be with you. Let me just first say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and a special happy Mother's Day to my mother. Um, 
all the way in Las Vegas. But I thank God for um, being able to bring to you the second part of this series, which is go. And I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20. And it reads, the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain with Jesus had appointed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Amen. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. I ask that you would bless it. I ask that it will go forth and not return back to you empty nor void, but it will do that which you have set it out to do. Speak to me and through me. You say it, I shall repeat it in the name of Jesus Christ. Hide me behind the cross and use me for your glory. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. All authority, Jesus said, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. What is this authority and who gives it? To him. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth, in every tongue. Acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. God has given him this authority to control all creation. He created it. He was there from the beginning. And he will be there at the end. The Bible says that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I like to say everything that's in between. But Jesus has the authority as King of kings and Lord of lords. And it's all to the glory of the Father. He said to the disciples, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In Mark 16, 15, he said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation." He said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Well, Jesus said he didn't come into the world to condemn them, but he came to give them life and that they will have life more abundantly. He doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to love you into his own. He didn't come here to, to change everything, but to change your heart towards his father. And to collect all the things that you have done wrong and wash them away in his blood. He has power over life and over death. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He intercedes for you even when you mess up. Jesus is there to pick you up. Clean you off and present you brand new. 
All of this is because he loved you. And he says, teach them to observe all things. The thing most that Jesus wants you to observe is his love for you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. And so here's his son teaching you the love of Christ, the love of God, the hope of glory. This prince of peace comes into your darkness in the dark world and sheds light. Points you into a direction, into a way of righteousness. He said, teach them to consider a better way. Well, he's the only way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus wants us to point them in the direction of righteousness, to give hope to the world. He comes bearing gifts of healing when there is pain, to give you strength where you are weak, to encourage you when you are doubtful, to give you encouragement when you are fearful. He is the everlasting and he wants you to know that he loves you. And he wants you to go and tell someone else the story of love. Go and reach one, teach one, love one, keep one. He wants you to bring forth his message. I remember when I was in high school, freshman in high school, I got in trouble a few times. Got sent to the dean's office. Never forget it. And the dean said, no, not you again. This time he gave me a choice. He said, either detention or meet me on a track field after school. So, of course, no one wants to sit in detention. So I met him at the track field. Had my sneakers, my shorts, I was ready. He looked at me and said, oh, you made it. I said, yeah, I'm here. He said, good, go stretch with everyone else. So I begin to stretch, and I begin to get into rhythm with everyone else. And as everyone else went to go sprint, I thought I was on my way to sprint because I was pretty fast, probably still am fast. But he told me to give him 10 laps. And he said, do it on the outside so that you don't disturb those that are sprinting. So I looked at him. I said, here we go. This is my punishment. So I'm giving them the 10 laps. After I was done, everybody else was done. It took me that long. He looked at me and said, how you feel? I said, I'm tired and I'm ready to go home. He said, you think you could do it again? I said, yeah. He said, I'll see you tomorrow. And I said, what's tomorrow? He said, we have a track meet. And so I said, okay. His coach gave me a uniform, and he gave me this jersey right here. I'll cherish this, something that I keep from high school. Reason why I kept it is because the lesson that I learned with it. So when he gives me that, I go home. And of course, I got to tell my mom that I was sent to the dean's office. But I also showed her my track uniform. And she said, you know what? That might help you. And so I go to the track meet. And here he says, you know, you got to do those 10, 
<laughs> you got to do those 10 runs again around the track. I laughed and I said, all right. It was the last race of the day. Got set, run. But I'm proud because I'm wearing the Germantown banner. So I'm going. About the fifth lap, I was ready to give up. But I kept going. And as I was going, and got down to maybe two more laps. The winner had already won the race. I was the last one on the track. Running my last two laps. The teams had started packing up. Some of them was just sitting there waiting for me to finish. I was tired. I was ready to give up. And I kept running. In last place, but I kept running. And as I was running, the team started gathering, and they started laughing, and they started cheering. And I heard the word, go, Charlie, go. So when I heard the word, go, I kept on running. The coach said, don't stop until you finish. You got one more lap to go. I'm running hard. Felt like dying. Everything was out of me. I slowed my pace. He said, take your time. When I crossed the finish line, I knew that I came in last place. But the team cheered me on. They said, we won, we won. And I looked at the coach and I said, how did we win? And I lost. He said, no, it's a pointing system. We needed one more completion to score the winning point. So the team won. The race isn't given to the swift nor to the strong, but to those that endures to the end. Christ wants us to know just endure to the end. Don't give up the race. Cheer on those that you have brought into the fold. Stay with them, even when others are packing up and leaving. Every one counts. Every one counts. Even if you're in last place, even if you're not at the top of your level, just keep going for Christ, and he will be there with you. He says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And that message is still resonating in me now. And I still hold the banner. Even though the high school has been closed down, the lesson that was learned is for a lifetime. And that's what Christ wants you to know. Teach them, reach them, love them, keep them. Amen. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Ray, and happy Mother's Day. i got to follow Charlie's lead there. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Happy Mother's Day to my wife. Uh, I love you both dearly, and uh, I really appreciate the messages that we've, we've heard already today. Uh, Ray's message to follow Jesus and Charlie's message to go. And, and this is just kind of a, a culmination of this What Next series that we've been doing over the past four weeks. And the first week, Pastor Ray taught us that faith conquers our fears. And, and the second week, I talked about how developing a devotional life creates a knowledge and an understanding of Jesus. And, and just last week, Pastor Charlie taught us how we can find a rhythm of prayer and finding a rhythm of prayer grows a love and a relationship with the Father. And so all these things work together to propel us 
towards our mission in life. And that's what we've been talking about today. The, the thing that we've been born again to do is to follow Jesus and to go make disciples. So when the disciples were asking after Jesus died on the cross, what next? This was Jesus's answer, to follow him and to go and make disciples. And I believe that Jesus's answer is still the same for you and for me today. So I ask you this question, are you taking time during the stay-at-home order to prepare for what's next? When the quarantine is lifted, and as we allow our faith to conquer our fears, as our devotional life gives us an understanding of how to live and love like Jesus, and as we find a rhythm of prayer that deepens our love and relationship with the Father, will we be ready to go? Now, Charlie already touched on this and talked about this, I'm going to just touch briefly. But first, Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You see, the first thing I want us to know is that not only does Jesus have authority, but we have Jesus's authority. You see, when he said that all authority on heaven and earth has been given me when he's talking to his disciples, he's bestowing that authority on them to go. See, we're not doing, we're not going based on our own authority, intellect, or any rights that we think we might have. We're to go based on the authority of Jesus Christ. You know, and, and Charlie asked this question. He said, you know, where does the authority come from? And his authority is based in the, on the love that's written in blood on the cross. And you say, come on, Eric. There's been other people who have died for others. Even people have died for undeserving people. And I say, okay, I'll give you that. But if you aren't willing to base Jesus' authority on his love, then you can base it on the empty tomb. Because Jesus is the only one who's ever died for anyone else and yet lives. Jesus is the conqueror of death. And if death has no sting, then what else is there? Everything, everything comes under Jesus's authority. And Jesus is giving you and he's giving me the authority, his authority to go. He says that we are his ambassadors. And so we have Jesus's authority. And the second thing is we have the spirit's power. We have the spirit's power. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, I hear this a lot, and, and to be honest with you, I, I think this a lot. I hear people say, you know what, I just can't tell people about Jesus. Like, that's not me. I, I just can't do it. It's uncomfortable. And I, I just, that, you know, I'm not built that way. It's a very personal thing and it's it's offensive to some people and and I just can't do it. And and to that I say right on. You're on the right track. We can't do it. I can't do it. I can't stand up here and preach this message of the gospel to you. You can't go to your friends, to your neighbors, to your coworkers and tell them about Jesus Christ. We can't do it on our own. This is something that is done with holy spirit power. What did Jesus say? He said but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. Going, making disciples is not something that we know how to do. 
The ends of the earth is not a place that we have a roadmap to get to. And that's just the point. God is not asking us to do anything for him. God is asking us to allow him to do something through us. And if we will allow the Holy Spirit to be the power in our life, if we'll just admit and say, God, I can't do it. If we'll stop trying to be the perfect person, if we'll stop trying to check a list and follow all the rules and just say, God, you have control of my life. Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you lead. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to be too scared of it. But I'm just going to lean on you. Then what we'll see is the power of God through his Holy Spirit working through us to accomplish, accomplish his mission. So we have Jesus' authority. We have the Holy Spirit's power. And we have Jesus' plan. What, is, what does Jesus say in Acts 1-8? What does he say in Matthew 28? Matthew 28, he says, Go and preach the gospel to all nations. In Acts 1-8, he says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, Jesus has a plan. And his plan is to take this message everywhere. And this message only goes everywhere when we're empowered by his Holy Spirit, when we're endowed with his authority. You know, I don't know why, but when I was studying this, the thought occurred to me, and it's, it's not an original thought whatsoever, and it's, it's pretty plain, but Christianity did not start in America, and it shouldn't stop there. It didn't start with your family. Or it didn't start with your church. It didn't start with your denomination. And it shouldn't stop there. You know, salvation is not a get-out-of-hell-free card. Salvation is a restoration of your relationship with God through Jesus Christ by the forgiveness of sins. A right relationship with God places you and I under His Lordship, which means we do things His way. And His way takes us everywhere. To everyone with a message of salvation through Jesus Christ. That's his plan. So we have Jesus' authority. We have the Spirit's power. We have Jesus' plan. And finally, we have each other. You see, I, I have some good news for you. We don't go alone. Jesus didn't send out one disciple. No. He sent out all of his disciples. Every single one of them, he said, go and make disciples. Every single one of them, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. What if everyone who hears my voice took seriously Jesus' command to go? What if everyone hearing my voice believed that they were given the authority and the power to go? What if we actually did it together? Would our neighborhood, city, or our world ever be the same? Would you ever be the same? God has given us the same spirit, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Not just me, not just you. Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus Christ. Let's go and power together to preach the gospel, the good news 
that Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross for your sins and for my sins, and he conquered death so that one day, one day we will experience eternity with each other and with him. Let's go with the gospel together. I just got one other thing that I want to say, and Ray mentioned this briefly, and I just, um, there was a young man in Georgia who was out for a jog, and he was shot because of the way he looked, because of the color of his skin. And uh, I was reading this verse in, in Luke, and uh, I'm in Luke chapter 4. Verse 18, Jesus is reading from the prophet Isaiah. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to set free the oppressed, to set free the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fixed on him. And he began by saying to them, today as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. Let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit gives us power to go preach the gospel, it's just not a message that you can get out of hell. It's a message that we can all be one under the blood of Jesus Christ. That because we're created in the image of God, each and every one of us has dignity and each and every one of us has worth and value. And to take someone's life because of the way they look can no longer be acceptable in this nation, in this world, and especially not in our churches. So stand with me. And when you share the gospel, share that Jesus came to set free the oppressed. Let's pray. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you that you've given us your authority. We thank you that we have your spirit's power Lord, we thank you that you've given us a plan, a blueprint to follow. And Lord, I thank you so much that you've given us each other. Lord, today, let us rest in that power. Let us lay aside all of our striving, everything we try to do on our own. And God, let us be changed by you. God, let our weakness be perfected in your strength. And God, I pray that we preach the whole gospel. God, a gospel that sets people free, that cares for the oppressed, a gospel that looks to outdo one another in showing honor and to love our neighbor as ourselves. God, may we stand together as a church and say no more, no more. And may we lift our voices as a church, and say Jesus is the way to love, to freedom, to deliverance. And there's power waiting for you to change the course of history. We ask all this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Amen. Friends, you just heard three amazing sermons, and we hope that you've really been inspired today during this time of worship. But we're going to continue to worship the Lord. But during this time, we're going to pause. We're going to say thank you to God for all that he's given us and all the ways that he has continued to provide during this time of pandemic. I want to say to you, church, thank you. 
Thank you for your faithfulness and giving over the last couple of weeks. Thank you for the ways that you have stepped into the void to help the church continue to further the mission of making the name of Christ great. But right now, would you say a prayer with me? And would you commit in your heart to at the end of this service, click those links below and, and give to God your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings today. Let's pray. Father God, you're gracious and you're good. We gather for the purpose of worship, but we gather to say and that we honor you, God. We make a big deal of your name. So today, wherever we're at, we join with the church abroad. And we say yes. All that we have is yours. And so we yield it to you. In the same way we yield our hearts to you, we yield our resources to you. God, would you take them and would you use them to do something great? to further the mission, to reach new people in the city of Philadelphia and beyond, to meet the needs of our most vulnerable neighbors, and to continue to allow the church to thrive in this great city. So as we re-engage with you and worship through song, as we celebrate throughout the rest of this service, would you, would you hear the commitment of our heart and would you hold us to that at the end of this time to click those links below and to give to you our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings. Lord, we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. I um, thank God for this uh, opportunity to share the word of God with you today, with, joined by two other pastors. And um, I hope that you were blessed. I hope that you have a desire to follow Christ. I hope that you have a zeal to go for Christ. And I also pray that you have the love of Christ in you. So when you do go, that you'll have power from the Holy Spirit. But there's a scripture that I want to read in Romans chapter 15, verse 3 and verse 6, 2 verse 6. It says, For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught and the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might hope in. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude and mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had so that one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in all that we do and all that we say if we represent Christ represent him well he taught us to love our neighbors to love one another and that is the image of Christ the image of love a love that is unchanging a love that is everlasting and a peace that surpasses all understanding. 
And so as you go forth with your day and with your week, I pray that the Lord is with you and that you are blessed by not only God's presence, his love, but also his power. Amen. And happy Mother's Day. Hey friends, thank you for joining us for this morning's worship service. And again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there and motherly figures. We hope that you will join us next week at 9 a.m. Grace and peace. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.